What is this? The St. Canard Files. Ooh, a podcast about that do-gooder Darkwing Duck. Blech. Talk about a waste of airspace. <laughs> if I had my way, this podcast would be about me, Nega Duck. So take that, and everyone would have to pay to listen to it. Yeah, or face the consequences. <laughs> First of all, how cool was that, that we got Jim Cummings to do Negaduck? Um, the answer is super cool. Uh, and secondly, <laughs> um, welcome to the St. Canard Files, a Darkwing Duck podcast. Uh, we're your hosts, Mike Russo and... Tiffany Silverbron. How's it going, Tiff? Pretty good. Oh, that's that's wonderful. Um, as we're recording this, I'm in quarantine once again from work. Because <laughs> another one of my students got it. And since I've never had it, and I'm vaccinated but not boosted, I was sent home. So, hey, okay, four-day weekend. I'm not complaining. Uh, I'd rather be at work. <laughs> might, it is. Hmm? I was going to say, I think we might be the last two people on Earth. <laughs> I asked my boss yesterday if I'm the last person in the building who doesn't get it. Can I have a party? <laughs> I feel like I'm the last person in the whole planet who hasn't gotten this yet. Knock on wood. Yeah, you can hear yeah, me knocking on wood. <laughs> but um, yeah. So um, before we get into today's issue, uh, boom, Darkwing Duck number 10, second part of Foul Disposition, uh, we figured let's talk a little bit about YouTube. Uh, we both have some favorite YouTube channels we figured we'd talk about a little bit. And of course, the St. Canard Files is on YouTube, so we definitely spend a lot of time there, too. And maybe by talking about our favorite channels, we might give you guys some recommendations of other things to check out when you're not listening to us. Um, so we figure I'll list a few that I like, and Tiffany will list a few that she likes. And yeah, that's a good way to kill 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> This is the third episode we're recording this week, so we're a little punch drunk. <laughs> so the first uh, YouTube channel I, I have subscribed to that I really do enjoy is called The Funkland, which is, it's bread and butter, was used to be lots of Disney Park stuff, and it still kind of is, and they really do their research, but they also have ongoing um, series where they really take longer deep dives and what i really enjoy is when they do defunctland tv like half hour deep dives into yeah. old tv shows uh they've done a whole bunch of stuff the buzz light year of star command show the um, one of the crap brothers shows zuma which i didn't watch but my daughter loves a newer show um a wild Kratz, so that was really fascinating to watch that video but what they did a few years ago that i absolutely loved and i highly recommend is a multi-part jim henson retrospective from the very beginning you know the old sam and friends days in the 50s all the way to his death and 
short of reading his biography, which I have and I own, and it's a really great read, this is a fantastic way to learn about not only Henson, but the Muppets. It's going to take maybe three, four hours of your time, but I <laughs> totally recommend it. Have you seen that? No. You need to see it, Tiff. The last episode jumps back and forth between um, the details of his funeral and a Muppet special that came out a few months later where the Muppets learn he died. <laughs> so, yeah, the Muppets Celebrate Jim Henson was a special where they're trying to put on a show without Kermit, and it's celebrating this guy named Jim Henson. They've never heard of him. Right before they go on with their usual Muppet show nonsense, they find letters from fans saying how much they miss Jim, and that's when they find out he passed away. Very heartbreaking special. Uh, super, super recommend it. It isn't on Disney+. Plus, um, So YouTube it, guys. It's really great. You guys know how much I love the Muppets. So Defunkland, great channel. I love it. Video games. I love video games, but mainly just Nintendo video games. I, I have a Switch. I don't play a lot of other stuff. I don't play Xbox. I never owned an Xbox. I use my PlayStation for Blu-rays. But I love Nintendo. Uh, my favorite Nintendo channel is Arlo. I don't know if any of our listeners know who Arlo is. Funny enough, it's kind of Muppety. Arlo is quote-unquote a Muppet. The character <laughs> is a blue kind of Grover-like Muppet. But don't let that fool you. His opinions on Nintendo are absolutely fantastic. I love this guy. <laughs> Uh, he's really great. He'll do long, deep dives into new games. He'll talk about controversies, controversies, sorry, um, all sorts of great stuff. He's, he's definitely one of those reviewers who, I know it's a character, but his opinions are real and sincere. And it's definitely my favorite video game channel. So that's Arlo. The last one, being a huge Simpsons fan, it's called The Real Jims, and it's Simpsons only. All of his content is Simpsons. He'll do episode retrospectives. He'll do the top 10 episodes for different seasons. I think he's on season 10 or 11, which is where my interest starts to drop off, but whatever. And he'll do histories on various characters. He'll analyze mysteries of the show. I mean, the show has been on 33 years, most of it not even great, but it's, it's still interesting. They'll just... I, I love The Simpsons that much. It's one of my favorite <laughs> shows. And The Simpsons is one of those things, Tiff, that I don't get tired of marathoning. I can get tired of Darkwing, oh, yeah. I'll be totally honest. I can't watch Darkwing over and over again. But I think I've watched season four of The Simpsons three times in the last six months. <laughs> yeah, I can marathon Simpsons too. <laughs> if I'm sick, it goes on. If I can't sleep, it goes on. If I'm home from work, it goes on. Seasons one through eight, there's not a single bad episode, except for like one clip show episode that I can't stand. <laughs> well, that's just a clip Who show. Who likes show. clip show episodes? <laughs> Simpsons did some pretty good clip show episodes. It's the one where they talk about lost loves, and like Marge is telling the entire family about the time she almost cheated on Homer. How is <laughs> yeah. that not dramatic? <laughs> It's an episode that's so bad, the audio commentary doesn't even discuss it. <laughs> so those, those, are my, those are like my top three YouTube channels. There are a few more I like. Um, but, you know, I want, I want you to have a chance to talk about your favorites. Um, so go ahead. Which YouTube channels are you into? Yeah, so I watch a lot of YouTube. <laughs> 
Um, I would say there's a few categories that I'm really into. So I like, you know, cinephile channels. And for those, I like, you know, the pretty basic ones like Nostalgia Critic and Saber Spark and Cold and um, Cold Crash Pictures, which is more, I guess, a little more political. Um, I like Jose. He talks about mainly, not necessarily movies, but he talks about um, TV shows, sitcoms. And- oh, Jose. He does, like, two-hour, like, discussions yeah. on... I just watched his Cheers and Golden Girl episodes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I haven't... I've seen every Golden Girl episode, but I'm not too familiar with Cheers, and now I want to watch it. Yeah, same same here. I didn't really like Cheers that much when I was a kid, so it and made he def- me watch it. <laughs> and he, I definitely liked how he um, really discussed how we sh- should even assess the Cosby show these yep. days. That was a good episode, too. Yeah. So what else? Um, yeah, Paparina, um, who does all Nickelodeon stuff. And- but, let's, but let's clarify, he does Nickelodeon in chronological order yeah and his criteria is if whatever was airing got an entry in tv guide he's discussing it yeah and he's not even out of the 80s yet and i think he's younger too yeah but very knowledgeable and i want to i want to see what he has to say about ren and stimpy since he's younger (laughs) (laughs) um and yeah horror ones like um there's someone i like um possessed by horror who's like a she likes more modern horror movies which aren't really my thing (laughs) my era it's not really my era (laughs) but um it's interesting because you know I'm not going to seek it out like I do other things um I like some art channels like uh Emily Artful Mm -hmm. Casey Golden who's great um Lavender Town and Droppy, which is kind of like a comedy art channel, which is hilarious, where it's basically people send suggestions of things for them to draw and they play these little drawing games. It's oh, great. cool. Yeah. And um, then I like uh, like comedy commentary shows uh, that are like, I don't know, more for a general audience. That would be mm. like Elvis the Alien um Cody Co, Curtis Connor, um Jarvis Johnson and um Lindsay Ellis although I think she doesn't have her channel anymore. Some I uh, something happened to Lindsay Ellis. I don't yeah. It seems very very weird. I haven't looked into it, but I do like her. I do like her commentaries especially when she really analyzes the Disney stuff because yeah. she's very she's very fair about it. Mhm. But yeah, she's kind of disappeared, hasn't yeah. she? <laughs> Something happened. Um, yeah, and then there's like some random ones that I really like, like John Solo, who talks about all like the history of fairy tales and um, what is it called? His show is called Messed Up Origins, where he talks about like the origins of different famous fairy tales and stuff or myths and um. Yeah, he gets really in-depth, and uh, let's see, Sideways, he's like a music guy. He gets really into, like, music theory and concepts. He's really good. Oh, I know Sideways. Yeah. I love him. (laughs) Didn't he do, like, a a video about how the Goofy movie is, like, the best Disney musical? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
Um, and uh, let's see, I like some, I like Let's Read, which is kind of a, it's like a horror story channel. I think one of my main things that I like in YouTube videos is the long format. <laughs> Most of them are all really long format. Yeah, if, I, if I'm looking for something to kill time in the car on my commute and I hit a long YouTube video, I know it's always going to be worth it. Yeah. Um, and then kids react. <laughs> oh, those are funny. Yeah. And it's really funny now because we watch it with kids. <laughs> and their reactions to those reactions are hilarious. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> So yeah, I, there's many so more, you, but that's all I'll talk about right now. <laughs> well, you gave me a bunch I want to check out. Um, I hope our listeners discover something this way, too. I mean, there's a treasure trove of, like, amazing stuff and complete garbage on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. It's it's really hard to find what's... It takes. It took me a long time to find the stuff I watch. It's Notice I didn't mention a single thing Godzilla. And there's a reason for that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, maybe next time we'll talk about our favorite podcast or something. This was a really good idea. So let's move on to the terror that flaps in the night issue 10. Um, we got two covers again. This time we have an interesting scenario where our two covers are extremely similar because on both, we have a front shot of Steelbeak looking very threatening. And one was done by Silvani. The other one was done by Amy Meberson. Tiffany, can you describe cover A yeah, in more cover- detail than I just did, obviously? <laughs> cover A has um, Steelbeak in the bottom center with a stick of dynamite in his hand. And he has Foul High Command behind him and a glowy kind of floating shadow of Cthulhu or Duckthulhu. He's, <laughs> and, got, he's also wearing brass knuckles. <laughs> yeah. And Darkwing is confused in front of him. Holding the gas gun. I, yeah. <laughs> and then meanwhile, cover B, uh, what's that cover look like? Cover B has... Um, it's mostly Steelbeak in the background. He's holding a giant cartoon bomb, which is lit, and with a smirk on his face. And in front is kind of a sassy Darkwing walking forward with the gas gun in his hand. So very, very similar. And you said it while we were talking about the covers before we went on mic, that you don't like to be critical of other people's artwork. I totally, totally get it. But the problem is we have two covers with Steelbeak looking right at the ca- right at the camera, right at the reader. And it just illustrates how James Silvani just nailed Steelbeak and Memberson didn't quite get there. Like I feel yeah. like her Steelbeak needs another pass. Yeah. I I'm think not- the problem with the second one is more like it's just done, it seems like a lot in her style. And not, you know, exactly like the style of the comic book or the Darkwing's show. not bad. Although he's got these come hither eyes, these bedroom <laughs> eyes that I'm not <laughs> loving. And so does Steelbeak, really. Um, but I definitely do love uh, Silvani's uh, cover A. That would make a cool poster. Yeah, 
I love that. Did, didn't a Duck Thulu end up on a t-shirt recently? I don't know. I know there's a Hot Topic shirt that I think has <laughs> Duck Thulu on it, which That's is the awesome. Which is awesome, but really random. Yeah. <laughs> so we both kind of feel like we're getting into filler territory with this issue, right? Yeah. Yeah, not. This is where I feel like it's starting to dip a little bit. I was, I was complimentary on issue nine. 10 isn't quite doing it for me, but why don't we just start talking about it and, you know, we'll get into these things as we go. So we're starting exactly where we, where we left off, Tiffany. What's going on? So they're still having their chase from the um, foul Eggman in Steelbeak's flying car, and they're zooming back and forth, and Darkwing's trying to figure out um, how to work the weapon system and he has extreme luck and every button he pushes is some crazy weapon like the first one is a giant cannon and then two punching bags and a giant fly swatter <laughs> mm-hmm. also the actually the first button he presses gives him a sandwich <laughs> oh yeah which is important <laughs> it's important because it becomes a really strange runner in the entire issue <laughs> Um, and he's also flying this thing because remember, Steelbeak got—he's not knocked out because he—he says he was about to pass out, but he's still talking. But Darkwing has to fly this thing, and we know Darkwing can't fly. He flies yeah. about as good as Scrooge McDuck can drive. <laughs> and um, we get a very, very blatant shout out to a Disney movie. Uh, so they fly around a ridge. And they, the car disguises itself as Cusco as the llama. And the Eggmen fly around it, look confused, and then leave, and then it turns back into the car. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitively dangerous, throws a bit more dialogue that makes it a little bit clever. Steelbeak says, you know, push the new groove button. <laughs> and then makes a comment that he was wondering why Fal was um, heavy into llama farming or something like that. Um, what do you think of this this reference? Usually I'm kind of cool with these. This one seems a little indulgent. Yeah, I don't really like it. It it seems like filler. I feel like this whole chase scene could have probably been done in one page. <laughs> and it, but if this was a cartoon, it would have been cool. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So Steelbeak and Darkwing fly off, and then we get a scene, which is super rare, because these characters never really have scenes together, of Launchpad and Morgana. So she shows up in his office. I like that Scrooge's cargo plane is seen as a model on his desk. (laughs) So what is the conversation, at least in the boom version, what's the conversation between Launchpad and Morgana like? So Morgana walks in and asks Launchpad if he's heard from Darkwing. And um, he says, you know, he said he wanted to be alone. And she says, oh, he seemed like he was in such a good mood. And um, he, he, she said that she got brushed off and that she's really worried because she um, 
there's all these this talk in like the magical community about this evil presence and she shows launchpad which and the crystal ball she shows him says just got a vision of a quote unquote purple purple pawn also some say duckthulu may rise related <laughs> uh which is important to read that cuz it's it's plot it's plot important yeah so Morgana mentions the launch pad that if Duck Zulu does rise, they'll see wait, the wait, first signs of it. Say what was changed about that. Part. Oh, I will. Okay. <laughs> she says they'll find they'll find the signs in the simple people. So where do they go to check? The muddlefoots. The muddlefoots. Um, so a little bit was changed for definitively dangerous, and it's significant enough that I mentioned it. In the boom version, it doesn't seem like she realizes Goslin's gone. She just left the house to ask Launchpad where Darkwing is, which means she left Goslin alone when she was asked to watch her. <laughs> In Definitively Dangerous, she goes to Launchpad because Goslin is missing and she's worried about her. Which makes I, much more sense. A hundred percent better. I, I think it works so much better that she's panicking because Goslin's gone. And that's why she's like opening the doors with her magic because she just needs to get in there. Yeah. I mean, her going to like look for Darkwing, that's her only reason, seems kind of meddling. Like, Launchpad, have you seen Dark? No, I haven't seen him. This, is, this makes more sense. Yeah. There are a couple of quick references in the background. There's a, there's a framed photo of Scrooge. What I just noticed just now, there's a drink cup from Hercules in the last panel. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, see that? Is it the one that um, uh, Panic was drinking That's before <laughs> Hades got pissed at him? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the actually, the Morgana and Launchpad scene continues. There isn't a cut to something else. There's like a, I think it's supposed to be Disneyland in the background too, in one of the paintings. Yeah, we've seen a bunch of that kind of thing before, haven't we? Yeah. So they get to the Muddlefoot's house, and then there's a conversation between the two of them that really isn't changed much for Definitively Dangerous, except a comment Launchpad makes about crashing in place of the unicycle joke from the Boom version. What's their conversation go like? I, I'm i not a fan, but what are they talking about here? So basically, they're looking, casually looking for Darkwing and headed to the Muddlefoots on their way. And um, Morgana asked Launchpad how he does, how do you do this? And um, Launchpad says that, you know, he's a a huge fan of Darkwing and he has adventures and it's not actually putting up with anything. He likes it. And um, yeah, that just basically he idolizes Darkwing. <laughs> it's, but like some of the dialogue, especially from Morgana, like she, she starts the conversation. So why do you do this launch pad? Which is, yeah. it's like such a weird, weird way to start the conversation. It's I don't kind know. Of overly dramatic <laughs> i guess it's just weird to me that because these two never have conversations together like really ever like can you picture can you think of a single scene from any darkwing episode where the two of them are alone talking to each other yeah and it's 
I like the idea of them spending time together. It's just a little weird. <laughs> Speaking of weird, and they, they use the term weird, they <laughs> open the front door to the Muddlefoot's house, and Lord, what do we see? <laughs> you see a, a really crazy zombified squidification <laughs> version of Herb and Binky. And um, there's like water all over the um, the walls and the floor and fish and weird stuff everywhere. Yeah, Binky's hair. This is the first time we see Binky in the comic. She's got like a Nautilus shell hair, which is actually pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Tank is playing with a Nintendo DS. <laughs> which it's so unmistakably a DS. Oh, yeah. And the pattern on Herb's shirt is like Duck Thulu. <laughs> And then we get the first instance of Duckthulu for sure. Yeah. How do you think that's supposed to be read? I'm not, I don't even know because I'm from the Valley. So I'm always going to see for sure is <laughs> for sure. See, or or I, the character I think is Janice from the Muppets. For sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm guessing either one of those works. So Launchpad and Morgana realize, yeah, Duckthulu is something's gonna happen with him. He is gonna rise. So they leave. And then we cut back to some more characters we haven't seen yet. Goslin and Honker. And Goslin is Quiverwing Quack. Great. I would prefer to see her like this than Gosmo Duck. That wasn't yeah. for me. And Honker as the Arrow Kid. So yay, <laughs> Honker's gonna get a lot of play in the story now. Uh, the two of them are, you know, heading towards Fowl's base. And, okay, interesting little bit of dialogue that was changed. Honker asks her how she knows it's the base. Goslin says, Dad drove us here accidentally on the way to Splashtown, USA. The Instead of Splashtown, indefinitively dangerous, get this. Instead, it was changed to Lester's Possum Park. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yep. For anybody who's not aware, what movie is that from? A goofy movie. <laughs> yeah. Second goofy movie reference of the night. <laughs> so the two of them are sneaking in and they, they immediately set the alarms off and get attacked by a drop. Looks like a giant dropping uh, guillotine. Yeah. Uh, but then we finally cut back to Darkwing and Steelbeak. And Darkwing is dragging Steelbeak's body across four different panels. <laughs> and his head is dragging across the ground because his beak is so heavy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Might be my funniest gag in the comic because it's taking its time. Yeah. And it, and it works. I think it's funny. What happens next, Tiffany? Oh, this is significant in terms of things that were changed. So then um, Steelbeak says, you've never seen the main room, have you? Well, get ready for this. And he flips a switch and you see a two-page panel of the foul um, headquarters uh, main room. So in Boom, it's, you know, it's a large room. There's, you know, some monitor banks, a few, you know, open windows looking out into the water. There's like a missile or something off to the right. We get our requisite... You know, James Silvani shout outs. Uh, there's R2D2's head, C3PO's arm, 
some Taurus Bulba stuff, some other robots that look vaguely like Cylons, and another one from maybe Star Wars, kind of. Um, but this two-page spread, he went back and completely redrew it for Definitively Dangerous. Like, more chairs and minor banks, more nuclear warheads. The color palette was completely changed. Less references, because by the time we get to Joe Books, Silvani was kind of knocking that out. Um, I don't know. How do you feel about the uh, so many references versus not having any references at all, Tiff? What do you prefer? Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I think I, I like having all the references, but I guess I like prefer it when they're subtle. When they're super in your face, it gets kind of overwhelming. Well, we get a very subtle one in the definitively dangerous version that's probably one of the deepest Disney cuts possible. On one of the warheads in the background, there's a tiny, tiny little picture of Satan, but it's a very specific Satan. It's from a Disney silly symphony called Hell's Bells. <laughs> awesome. Which I, I'm sure 95% of our listeners went like, what? Because <laughs> you're not finding that on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> okay, so moving on from that, what's Darkwing's reaction to all of this? He's shocked because he didn't realize that Fowl was so high-tech. And he can't believe that he went up against them when they were so advanced. Speaking of high tech, Steelbeak gets into a device that instantly heals him. I want something yeah, like that. I know. <laughs> oh, the bottom panel on that particular page, there's a very random little Donald Duck insignia on one of the machines. Oh, yeah. Weird. I didn't even know that. <laughs> Silvani took the time to color it and everything too. It's got his blue hat and everything. <laughs> so we get another page in which Silvani went back for uh, Joe Books and changed everything because Steelbeak is showing Darkwing a variety of foul weapons. And as he shows them to him, Darkwing imagines himself in like a 007 getup with like a white jacket, red, you know, red shirt, no mask. Double using o these duck. double o <laughs> yeah I should have said double o duck yeah <laughs> using the weapons on people but in the revised art Steelbeak is demonstrating the weapons on Darkwing which is so much funnier yeah and I also think that for younger readers it might be a little difficult to understand the original version maybe if they had taken the panels and like lined them as a thought bubble. Yeah. Because it doesn't read well in the boom version. I'll give it this, though. The, he manages to sneak in TikTok croc from uh, Peter Pan. Mm -hmm. Although I think those aborigines probably wouldn't have flown today. Yeah. The ones shooting out the blow darts. And another sandwich reference. <laughs> oh, and speaking of reference, Steelbeak pulls out the most dangerous invention of all and isn't able to show it to Darkwing. But what is the most dangerous invention? A uh, Winnie the Pooh doll. <laughs> I wonder what the heck that thing does. So we're about to meet a brand new character who both of us are kind of conflicted on. Who's this new character, Tiffany? 
Um, her name is Femme Appeal, which is got to be kidding a, me. <laughs> a play on um, Emma Peel from the old 1961 Avengers series. But it's also a double joke because the character's inclusion is supposed to have more female appeal. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so <laughs> really clever, <laughs> as Mo would say. <laughs> so we painted the dirt. Really clever. Um. Um. We don't really get to know Femme Appeal very much. She doesn't end up making a really strong impression. But what are your initial thoughts on her? Uh, um, I mean, I love the old Avengers show. So I guess at first I was excited. Like, oh, cool. That's an awesome reference to something. But um, yeah, I'm not super into her. <laughs> she's also a furry's dream come true because we didn't yeah. mention she's a fox. Yeah. Which is not a species that's um, native to Darkwing Duck. Yeah, that's another kind of weird thing. That's 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 a tailspin species. That isn't a Darkwing yep. Duck species. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that there, it was just supposed to be another joke, like she's a fox. <laughs> and um, Darkwing, and this is a kind of a joke that probably wouldn't fly now. Darkwing spends three panels in a state of horny shock. <laughs> yep. And um, Silvani increases that in Definitively Dangerous by changing his eyes into hearts. <laughs> Yikes. Um, you know, there is some, there is some exposition going. Yes, Tiff? In an issue that has Morgana in it, no less. <laughs> and we're trying to figure out if this comic was an episode of the show made in 1991, who would be voicing Femme Appeal? Both of us are having a hard time saying anybody other than Kath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't think of a voice actress back then who would be good for a role like this. But I couldn't imagine it being Kath because she would have been doing Morgana. I don't think April Winchell would have worked. So maybe Kath doing her Lola Bunny voice. So there is some exposition. What's happening in this sequence, Tiffany? So they're running to... um. To, wait, where are they running to? <laughs> they're getting to a secret lair. Oh, they're trying to get to, yeah. And they come across a bookshelf and they're um, trying to find some answers in there. And Darkwing says, it's like looking for a needle in a pile of old, boring needles. <laughs> the, because the books don't have labels on them. Darkwing yeah. even says, have they ever heard of a label maker? <laughs> yeah, and Darkwing manages to grab um, the right book and the bookshelf flips around and they um, go into the underground lair. And then Steelbeak mentions down here is where they created the Eggman program, which is why I'm starting to think the Eggmen are clones. Yeah. <laughs> they are absolutely clones. Those big beefy guys don't exist in nature. Um, <laughs> so there were two level of foul agents, the low level agents. One was the Eggman, and I can't believe we're doing this joke a second time. The other was the... <laughs> you can say it. Walrus. Cuckoo, cuckoo. <laughs> um, and bursting through a wall is a giant walrus robot. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, what? I, again... I think it's weird, the coloring in this, too. Why is that? I don't know. The yellow and the, the green, it's just, it's weird to me. 
Feels... Yeah, there's a lot of yellow in this. Yeah. Yeah. And Darkwing's the one. Darkwing actually says "cuckoo kachu." Yeah. Yeah. It's not just me making a joke. This time, Darkwing says it. Um. So Darkwing jumps in front of. Real hmm? weird looking. Sorry. This ro the robot is really weird looking. It is a weird looking <laughs> robot. Um. So Darkwing jumps in front of everybody. Um, gets ready to do duck foo, but then pulls out the gas gun and says, and gas gun foo. Isn't Different, it quack foo? He sh first of all, it should be saying quack foo. Um, it was changed that he just jumps in front of them, pulls out the gas gun, and only says, suck gas evildoers. Doesn't get done saying it before he's smashed, which that is so much more true to Darkwing Duck, obviously. Yep. And I do like the drawing of Darkwing as an accordion. Yeah. Actually, he looks more like one of those old toys where it's these tubes that you can stretch <laughs> yeah. out. We have those at work, and the kids love them. <laughs> they love those things. And then the robot starts chasing them. And laser fingers. <laughs> laser fingers. It's kind of Mechagodzilla-ish, isn't it? Yeah. He says, I hate walruses. I really do. <laughs> For whatever reason, in Definitively Dangerous, he says, I really hate robots. Mm. Both work. I mean, he does have a walrus as an adversary. <laughs> so we're wrapping things up with Goslin and Honker. Uh, take us home, Tiffany. How does the Goslin and Honker plot wrap up for now? So they're still running through all the crazy booby traps. And there's a buzzsaw. There's a 5,000-pound weight. There's another um, briefcase with TikTok inside of it. Can I just say... The, um, they're getting chased by a buzzsaw. They're getting, you know, the weight falls down. Their faces are drawn very neutral. But when that TikTok croc <laughs> pops out of the suitcase, look at their eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Goslin loses her irises completely. <laughs> and then what happens? And then Hunger says, I could go for a sandwich right about now. Another sandwich reference. <laughs> and they, um, the, there's a trap door that opens up from underneath them and they start falling in the darkness and they land and um, they're in another area with a bunch of high-tech gear and um, you see someone standing there that says, good thing I brought some help and it is revealed that it's ammonia pine with um, hot shot and fly girl behind her. <laughs> Groovy. <laughs> I... I... I don't like these characters, but I still think they're funny. Yeah. I think... You know, I, I think one of my favorite bits in um, Heavy Mental is when they're trying to gain psychic powers by just feeling the air. And they're so stupid that they can't do it. And he's like, Denver omelet. <laughs> <laughs> and he's squeezing, um, what's his name's arm? Synapse's arm. It's definitely yeah. a tub of lard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was shocked when i turned to this page like you know 11 years ago and i saw these two yeah i didn't think they were going to come back i didn't get to talk on that episode of the show but i think that episode is animated really crazily but i think it's pretty funny <laughs> you know what me and will actually it was one of those occasions where we both were in 100 percent agreement about the quality of the episode it was a good script because I think it was a Campbell and Swinland script, um, and yeah. they're great. They're great writers. That was a that's a good script. 
But we also have to remember that was also an early episode that just aired late because it introduced Sarah Bellum. It was a good script, but yeah. they, they shot that one over to freelance in New Zealand. It must have it must have been sent over to the Australia studio who probably didn't have time for it, laid it out, and then gave it to freelance. Because freelance <laughs> isn't credited. Australia is. Mm, weird. And the same thing happened to one Goof Troop episode, the one that's titled Meanwhile Back at the Ramp. It went to Australia. They laid it out because a, a lot of heavy mental has a very Disney Australia feel in the angles and just arrangement of the layouts. But the actual animation went to freelance. And Will said it best. If you can't draw the main character, you shouldn't be working on the show. Because <laughs> their Darkwing yeah. was the worst drawn character in the entire so episode. So weird. So weird in that episode. <laughs> and then Freelance is the one who was responsible for the very worst Animaniacs cartoons. <laughs> if it was a Katie Kaboom or a Rita and Run and it sucked, it probably was because of Freelance. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, a, that's, our, that's our heavy mental discussion, part two, guys. Um, <laughs> but, okay, so ep issue 10, Foul Disposition, part two. Um, you know... Next week, we'll have part three, you know, more of the same, pretty much. More Femme Appeal, more Walrus Robot, more Ammonia <laughs> Pine, and, you know, Yay. more talk about Duck Thulu. Yeah, everyone's favorite character, Ammonia Pine. <laughs> At least Ample Grime isn't around. So what would you rate this one? Um, I'm going to actually give it a three. Okay, why is that? I think that it's so obviously filler there's only like a couple of things. I feel like it could be like a couple of pages and you could get the same. Yeah. Like, you know, all you would need is like a few pages. Um, I think that, again, the colors are a little off. I don't know what it is exactly. Um, it doesn't look like the the whole, like everything else that happened before it. I uh, I think some of the dialogue is weird. Um, but again, it's so hard to rate anything super low for me because James Silvani's art is so good. Um, his, his art saves this comic. Yeah. Like, whenever, whenever the writing takes a nosedive, the art still saves it. Yep. Um, there's a few parts that I like. I like all the stuff with Quiverwing and Arrow Kid. Um, yeah, that's, that's it. <laughs> You know what? I was going to go lower than you, but I realize there are other issues in just this story arc I like less. And I don't want to just keep going lower and lower because I don't think that would be fair. So I'm going to end up just giving it a three as well. Honestly, for all the same reasons you did. I I do like the Goslin and Honker, the Quiverwing stuff. Um, I like that quick Muddlefoot scene. Mm -hmm. Some of the Darkwing and Steelbeak stuff is funny, at least toward the end. But I don't like Femme Appeal, and the Launchpad and Morgana stuff is awkward. But yeah. the, the comic, the, this story arc just gets more awkward from here. So I didn't want to rate this one too low. So I thought three would be fair. Um, let's wait until we get a little bit deeper into the story, maybe next week, to rate Femme Appeal. Because we haven't seen enough of her yet. Right. We're not going to rate anybody today. Um, so, in th so that said, then we are done for this week. 
And I guess, you know, we're the St. Canard Files, a Darkwing Duck podcast. Uh, find us on all podcast apps, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, iTunes, Facebook, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and bringing everything full circle or watch us on YouTube. And then when you finish watching us on YouTube, please subscribe. That helps. Then go check out any of the episodes. Uh, pod- the channels that we mentioned and maybe you'll find something new that you like I recommend starting with Defunct Land because it's still Disney adjacent and I think that would be a good starting point but a lot of the ones you mentioned Tiffany are great too um, you can't go wrong with any of the things we mentioned <laughs> so Tiffany before we go is there how can everybody find you anything you want to plug tonight yeah since we're talking about YouTube <laughs> I knew it I'm actually <laughs> <laughs> gonna talk about my other channel that I usually don't share which is because I started it basically as a troll to YouTube it was uh-huh. just making fun of silly the silliness of YouTube but I might as well plug that and that's Carney Tube on YouTube and then I also have Radioactivity which is my regular channel <laughs> you just posted something as we're recording this today on Carney Tube. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Pancake in a cup. Yep. Okay, so guys, go go to that go to that channel and watch that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All the Darkwing Duck fans are gonna run to you talk about uh, pancakes in a cup. <laughs> And flaming hot Cheeto mac and cheese. <laughs> oh, that stuff is not good. <laughs> I I tried it once. It was not, why does have why is everything Cheetos these days? Especially I, like oh. Burger King does like mac and Cheetos, and you get ugh. I like Cheetos, but like not in mac and cheese and French fries and stuff. <laughs> Food is so weird. Yeah. <laughs> Bring back my pizzeria chips, Keebler. That's all I want. <laughs> And my Ninja Turtle cereal and and my Ecto Cooler and my T cereal. <laughs> huh? Which one? Mr. T cereal. My Nintendo cereal with Mario in one bag and Zelda in the other <laughs> yep. one. My Pac-Man cereal. Maybe my yep. Garfield. Maybe my Garfield uh, fruit snacks. Oh yeah. Did if you I had ever... a time machine, I'd bring all this food back and get so fat. I used to always have Darkwing Duck fruit snacks. <laughs> As a kid. I, I didn't know those existed. <laughs> Darkwing Duck stuff was hard to find as a kid. Like I, yeah. a lot of the stuff that a lot of people we know are just randomly digging up out of nowhere, like the, the macaroni and cheese and like the fruit <laughs> snacks. I never saw that stuff as a kid, or I would have had tons of it. My dad knew that I loved it, so he would get me like multiple packs of it. <laughs> Disney wasn't That's... good at marketing these shows. Yeah, they right. absolutely were not. They still aren't. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they want to put that much money into their TV shows for some reason. Oh, Disney, you have so much money, but you're not giving me what I want. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, anyway, uh, we'll catch you guys next week. And until then, uh, stay dangerous. Bye. Cuckoo, cuckoo. <laughs>